0: What's up everybody, welcome to the Wildlife Control Podcast. My name is Kyle Waltz, and this is episode nine. On this episode, I'm gonna break down one million to $3 million in revenue in as little as 12 months, exactly how we did it. So I'm pretty sure I've talked to y'all before about going from zero to one million, and I wanted to take some time to hop over that next hurdle and go from one million to three million, and exactly how we did it, and really, how easy it was. I think a lot of people just make this way too difficult and and it doesn't have to be that way. This is not a a super difficult thing. Uh, in fact, I think it was easier for me personally as the owner to go from one to three than it was to go from zero to one i I would i would probably bet money on that for sure one to three was so easy and let me tell you why we had enough capital in the bank to where i could pay other people pretty much to do this so once we saw that our business was going to hit $1 million in sales, we were on track to do that. Now this this was happening 10 months before we hit a million dollars in sales. I knew, okay, we're selling over $80,000 a month. We're gonna break a million dollars in sales. It was pretty common sense, right? We're gonna break a million dollars in sales. Where is this money coming from? So we looked at our revenue, it was coming from three branches, I think maybe four branches. <clears throat> so I said, okay, more than uh, more than a third of our revenue is coming from our outside branches. You know we have our our main location, the city that I live in, the, the city that our office is in, this is our headquarters. It's in Jacksonville, Florida. The rest of our territories were exterior that we considered them separate territories. We saw that the revenue was coming in from those areas. And from there, I was like, okay, let's just do more of those. Now, the question always comes, and I get this all the time from people in the industry and outside of the industry who are who are just spectating and, and watching us. And they say, well, why don't you just do that? Why don't you just grow your your local location? You know, I don't really have a specific answer for that. It was really more so chasing the opportunity, number one. Number two, I wanted to get my foot in the door in these other cities because I I felt like the sooner I got there, the better off I was in the future. And then number three was, honestly, we just had like a good system. And I wanted to utilize that system through a sales and service model, and uh, we would then take that money and then reinvest into our main location, and we continue to grow. That, that was the short, my short answer, just thinking about it right now. But of course you can. Of course you could probably put all of your money and your time into one location, and you could go from $1 million to $3 million. Can you do it in 12 months? Of course, you can do it within 12 months. I personally don't really know how you would do that in one location without an acquisition event, without you going and buying somebody else. Either that or hiring a lot of salespeople to push out into your market, spend a lot of money on advertising right there locally. Um, Does each market have a cap? for wildlife control? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to all these questions. I'm no, I'm I'm not a, uh, I'm not a a financial analyst. Um, I am, uh, I'm just a a simple, simple wildlife trapper that happened to fall into this industry and then learned a little bit about business along the way. So, all right, so here, here it is. We're going to jump right into it. I I don't want to get off subject here. So I made the decision to grow our business from one to three million dollars and I did this I, I started creating this plan in 2016 before we hit a million dollars in sales so that kind of tells a story as, as far as how far into the future I'm always planning and it, it's not that far right Jeff Bezos of Amazon he said he's planning you know in 2050 of what things are going to be like for Amazon. Personally, for me and my business, I'm not planning out to 2050. Uh, I've got a pretty good plan before that. But I don't know what's going to happen in 2050. But in 2016, it would have been March of 2016, I knew three months in, we were going to hit a million dollars in sales. The year before that, we did $300,000, a little more than $300,000. I think it was close to four. So I knew knew that we were going to do it, and I knew where the money was coming from, and I saw it was going to happen. There was nothing that was going to slow us down and prevent us from happening, from from getting there. So I knew that. Towards the end of 2016, I want to say it was probably like September. I'm looking at the numbers, you know, every month, every day, every week. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? And I could see, okay. We're definitely going to bust a million bucks, not by much. We sold 1,040,000, I I believe. How do we, where do we go from here? You know, when you have a big event, 400,000 to a million, I mean, for for us, for me, didn't come from a lot. It was a big deal to break a million dollars in sales. And for most people, that is like the stepping stone for success in any business is to break a million dollars in sales especially a service business we're not selling products we're selling we're selling human capital so that was a big deal for us and once i saw that i started to immediately plan for 2017 i wasn't planning for 2018 2019 should i should i have been planning yes Yes, I should have, but I, I, wasn't, I was thinking 2017, what are we going to do in 2017? How are we going to get there? So here's what I did. I looked at our revenue. Okay. Uh, more than a third of our revenue is coming from our outside locations. I believe that the time that our head location would continue to grow, uh, would continue to get better on its own. We did not need to give it a whole lot of attention for it to do that. I was actually wrong. Um, But I I decided to create this plan. And the plan went something like this. What cities can we go into that are going to be just as good as the other cities we're already in, if not better? So I did my research. And there's a lot of ways for you to do research here. You can can look into Google Analytics, I think I'm saying that right, you can see how many people are searching for your services in other cities. I can't tell you exactly how to get there through Google's platform, but I know that you can do searches and figure that out. You can figure out how many people are searching for your services through Google. The second thing is really simple. And I'm sure these numbers are a little bit skewed, but you can call HomeAdvisor, for instance. HomeAdvisor is a lead generation business. We do no business with them today, but we did back then. And they're actually a good tool just to call on and find out how many leads are y'all getting for this type of service in this city. So that's kind of what we did. We did that with Google. We did that with HomeAdvisor and we did that with s- several other places that people might use to search for wildlife control we did our research we picked 10 territories not specific cities because in wildlife control it's a territory where we're servicing multiple cities or townships within an area and then once we once we found those places we created a schedule to go there one by one for 10 months and open up a new territory, buy a couple of trucks, one, one to two trucks per territory, depending on what we were going to be doing, hire somebody that would be considered a branch manager, sales and service model, and uh, just do that over and over again, and I, I know that sounds so easy, well, it was, that's what I told you earlier, this was an easy thing to do. It's easy on the front end. Okay? It's not easy on the back end, and we'll get into that on in another episode. But I hired somebody specifically with one role. Go to this market, hire somebody in this market who would perform well for us, train them, and then go to the next market and do it again. And this person did that for for 10 months. Every month, he had to travel. Every month, he had to hire somebody new. In some months, he had to replace somebody that he had already hired within the year. He was a very busy guy. He still works for me today. He's one of our managers. and uh, This was a great opportunity for him because he got a little bonus for each branch he opened up. Now, behind the scenes, what's going on? How do, how do you open up all these locations? Well, I had a, I had a checklist. File with the division of corporations. Make sure we're licensed. Make sure we're compliant. Um, You know, business cards, logos, um, websites. That's, That's what I'm doing at the back of the house. I'm getting all the administrative stuff flowing. I'm making sure we have the leads coming in. I'm making sure everything is in place. I'm getting the trucks. I'm guaranteeing the trucks. We bought... I think we bought 15 trucks in 2017. Most of them we still own now. A couple of them we've sold and got new ones. But uh, it was pretty flawless. So we, we planned on opening up 10 locations in 10 months. So from January through October, we went in, hired somebody, trained them, moved on to the next one. Did that 10 times. And I actually thought, I actually undershot it. I thought we might be able to hit 4 million. And we were actually wrong. I I only hit three. We had a couple of territories that were just horrible. And and it might not have been horrible with like leads coming in, but for whatever reason, we were just having huge uh, problems with the people that we were hiring in those territories. It is very difficult. And y'all that are listening to this, that, have a bunch of territories and don't have a manager manager locally at all your territories it is very difficult to manage people from afar because you just don't get that that human interaction that you get with with local employees so that's a challenge in itself that's a whole other podcast probably not one that i'm going to talk about because that has nothing to do with wildlife control um but It's definitely difficult, but on the front end, it was very easy, and I can't believe I explained it in that short of an amount of time, but you basically just do your research. Find the territories you want to go into. Higher population areas are better, for sure. Also, one little tidbit of information, don't go into cities that have tons of competition. We avoided cities with lots of competition. I think we went into a couple of them and we did fine. But those cities that have tons of companies, that's a challenge. That's a challenge in itself. And uh you know, a lot of competition, people say, "Oh, competition's good." No, competition is good for the consumer, not for the entrepreneur. It's not good for the business. It drives down prices. So we don't want to drive down prices in a market anymore. Uh, we don't want to give the consumer tons of options. We want to give them a handful of options. And I think that's the right thing to do for your fellow uh, wildlife control company is not to go into a territory where there's already 20 wildlife removal businesses in one city. And uh, it's just going to be more challenging for you. And they're just going to those other companies are just going to try to push you out of there. So that, that was all that we did. And we went from 1 million to 3 million. We, we tripled our revenue in 12 in a 12 month period. The reason that we didn't open up one in November and one in December. It's, it was the holidays. That's really the reason give, give the guy that was opening up the territories two months to kind of not travel and and be at home with his family And uh, it's also a, a, I think it's a a more difficult time to travel as we all know now, now that it's, we're actually in the holidays right now. So look, you don't have to make it really tough. And I think maybe I'll do another podcast talking about growing one location. And I I know that I've already talked about that, but growing one location beyond 1 million, because I think that's a very fascinating topic as well. But. You know, in business, you really just should just pay attention to your numbers. How often are you looking at your numbers? You know, for me, I'm looking at our sales every day. We do a sales meeting every day, Monday through Friday. So I'm, I'm, I'm forced to look at them then. And that's one of the reasons why we do that. It's not so much for our people as it is for me. I do it for me. It helps me and it forces me to look at the numbers But then it also forces our our managers and our salespeople to look at the numbers as well. And that in itself is a motivator and can help our business into the future. But when you look at those numbers, they tell a story. Where is the money coming from? Who's selling these services? And what is the source? Is it coming from the Internet? Are people finding us online? Is it coming from a lead generation system that we're paying for? Or is, are these referrals from pest control companies? Are we getting subcontracted by pest control companies? It should all tell a story. And that story should tell you what to dive into and focus more on. If you're getting a ton of business from one pest control company, and that's eighty percent of your business. That is a huge problem. That does not mean you should not continue to do business with them. But what you should do is try and diversify and get more business from other places in that market because that is extremely dangerous. When that company decides, "Hey, I don't need you anymore," and now you're 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 left out and uh, dropped in revenue. But yeah, when you look at those when you look at those numbers for your sales this year. Right now, you should already have a, a game plan for 2020. It's November right now, the end of November, we're going into December. If you do not have a game plan for 2020, it's it's very tough to grow without a plan. And I see a lot of guys in our business and in other businesses they're doing well. You know, they're making good money, but they're they're not ever taking the time to make a plan and I'm doing this podcast right now at 6 a.m. on a Sunday and I know that most other people are probably not awake right now and if they are awake it's to it's to go do something like a hobby Uh, I'm getting up to work today on a Sunday the last three months of the year I push incredibly hard I'm planning for the following year Um, I'm trying to hit deadlines with other things that I was working on that I wanted to get done, including this podcast today. Uh, So, you know, you got it. You got to just be willing to do what it takes. And planning does take more time for you. It does take more time for you to sit down and do all of that. You're like, man, Kyle, I'm so busy already. I'm already like I'm already not spending a lot of time with my wife, this and that. That is the sole reason why I like to get up early because I'm not, she doesn't want to be awake right now. My wife does not want to be, I actually just popped my, I'm at my house, I just popped into her room and she's dead asleep and she does not want to be awake. I can promise you that. So, you know, get those things done that that are important to you when everybody else is sleeping. Either stay up later or get up earlier. For me, I like to get up super early, got up at five o'clock this morning so I can get things done. So, you know, if you're willing to do that, you can get ahead that way. We all have the same amount of time. Okay, Uh, we all we all have, for the most part, the same resources with the Internet. There's really no excuse. So if you do not have a plan for next year, I highly recommend you sit down Look at your rev- revenue for this year. If you grew this year, how did you do that? Just write it all down. I think there's a lot of power in writing everything down of of how you got to where you are right now. If you didn't grow, if you got smaller, what happened? What why did you why did you decrease your revenue? Did you get lazy? You know, there there's there can be a lot of reasons for it, but the important thing is to track your progress and to identify what you have done to get to where you are right now, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, if you shrunk your business this year, did you do that on purpose, or did you just have a really bad year? And I can promise you, for the most part, because I've been in this industry since about 2008, uh, the economy doesn't have a, a huge effect on our industry, at least in my own experience. Just like a, a plumber, you know, if if, if you got a, a leaky faucet, you're you're probably gonna call somebody for it. Um, same thing with rats in the attic or squirrels in the attic. You're gonna call somebody for it. So I don't think it really affects us too badly. But when you're creating that plan, it's just looking at what you have done and then looking at what you could do to improve. And we've talked before about doing everything and, and that's really the solution. And that sounds like a stupid answer, but it's not. If you're not doing everything that you should be doing and you're wondering why your business has not grown, that is probably your answer because you probably have some misses missing pieces to the puzzle. So if you can find those missing pieces, whether it's getting enough leads or doing the right training with your salespeople Making sure they have the right operations manuals, uh, you know, making sure your people are are getting paid enough, they're motivated, they're hungry. If if you don't have everything in place, and you'll never have everything, but the goal is to get there, to to strive for that and try to get better every day, and that's really what's going to help your business more than anything. It's going to benefit you immediately. Because it's going to open up your mind as you start to push into those categories. And uh, you're going to see, for the most part, I think you're going to see results very quickly. And as you get those results, you're going to be hungry for more and more and more. So it's almost December. A lot of y'all won't listen to this until December. I can promise you create a plan, track the revenue, get ready for 2020. I think 2020 in our industry is going to be really big. I think we're going to see a lot of changes in 2020. A lot of these pest companies are really pushing wildlife control. It's unbelievable of how important it has become in the pest control industry to utilize this service in their uh, in their strategy to grow. So I can see that there's going to be probably more competitors in 2020 than there was in 2019 for all of us in the wildlife control space it's it's only going to grow from here but if if this is where your foundation is and this is where you you got started in and you didn't get started in pest you got started in wildlife you become an even bigger resource for those pest companies so you know i would be reaching out and I know I am reach out to those pest companies as many as you can because They want to grow their wildlife business. Try and help them. Try and help them. And and what they're going to do is they're going to pay for you along the way when they make mistakes. We've already done that now. So try and and reach out to those companies. That's a good strategy for 2020. Go ahead and do that now. Uh, Find out which companies are going to start offering those services. If they're not right now, ask them if you can help them. These companies will definitely subcontract you. A lot of a lot of pest companies are subbing out right now that weren't before. A couple big ones, not going to say their names, but there's some really big ones out there that are starting to subcontract that were not even considering it a year ago, and now they're going to push hard into it. We're going to see some huge waves come through with uh, wildlife control, um, primarily in the exclusion categories. For uh, subcontracting. So get that plan together, get ready. 2020 is going to be here before you know it. And I hope some of this information helped you. And look, guys, make it simple. You do not have to make this so complicated. It doesn't have to be super stressful when it comes to growing your business. There's going to be headaches, there's going to be challenges no matter what. It, It doesn't matter. Okay? You'll get through it. It's not the end of the world somebody quits, it's not the end of the world. If things are hard, it's, it's all hard. Life is hard. Get over it, move forward, get after it. And, uh, you will have a prosperous 2020. If I don't hear from you before then.